Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the NBA's All-Star Weekend and look at the events Trey was a part of and the weekend as a whole. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a weekend of basketball, and what a show the NBA put on for All-Star Weekend. I think starting with the Rising Stars Challenge and going on to Saturday night, and the ultimately the big game last night, I think the NBA did a really good job promoting its stars, having fun events, and I think it really did a good job making improvements to each of the events that happened. After Friday in the Rising Stars game where Team USA defeated Team World, They went on to Saturday night where they have the skills challenge, the three-point shooting competition, and also the dunk contest. The Hawks had one participant for the night. Trey Young was in the three-point contest, and Trey unfortunately had the bad luck of having to go first, and although he put up a pretty respectable score of 15 points, ended up being the low scorer of the night, and it didn't seem like he had his normal juice behind him. It was funny. In the interview after the event, Quavo came up. Quavo had been part of the celebrity game and asked Trey how he did. And Trey goes, ah, I was trash. But Trey just never got in rhythm. He didn't hit any of the two new Mountain Dew shots so it were worth three points. And just could never get going. It was a super competitive field in the three-point contest. And it took 26 points just to make it to the finals. Where ultimately Buddy healed one in really dramatic fashion making his last shot to get enough points to beat Devin Booker. Um, The Latvian Laser, one of the favorites here on the Kettlecast, made it into the finals. And it was just a really exciting three-point event. I liked the addition of the long shots. It seemed like 10 seconds was a little too much time. They added 10 more seconds for just those two more shots. And everybody was able to get through all of the shots pretty easily. I don't know if you change it down to... 8 seconds or just keep it at 70 seconds, which is pretty a round number. But everybody's able to get through all of the racks and get all their shots up. But it was a highly competitive three-point shooting competition. And when Buddy won, Buddy went to Oklahoma just like Trey did. Trey was the first one to be there and to hype him up and be excited for Buddy Heal winning the three-point contest. So it was, it was awesome to see a super competitive three-point contest. The skills challenge... They again ran back the idea of having big men versus guards and all of the big men advanced. To start off, Bam Adebayo defeated Spencer Dinwiddie and the rest of the bigs followed suit so much so that we had a final showing of Bam versus DeMontis Sabonis and Bam ended up winning it. It was It's a ton of fun to see these big men now so skilled where they can dribble up and down the court and then hit a three-pointer to win it, but uh, it was, frankly, to see like Jason Tatum fall in the first round and to see all these bigs really show out in the skills competition was pretty cool. Finally, we got to the slam dunk competition, and it was a good competition. They only had four uh, contestants, and I thought they did a really good job. I did think that Pat Connington should have gotten out of the first round. It seemed like his dunks were, he completed them in his first two chances, and he had some really, he dunked over Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is just incredible in of itself, and he had an homage to white men can't jump and just had some really nice dunks. Derek Jones Jr., who might have the greatest nickname amongst the guys who were dunking, 
airplane mode had a dunk where he uh blew out his birthday cake before dunking and he basically riffed on going between your legs every dunk and I thought he was he ultimately ended up winning the game winning the contest after going into a dunk off with Aaron Gordon but to me Aaron Gordon was the the better dunker finally there was Dwight Howard who donned his Superman's cape again and went did his usual Superman dunk I thought his first dunk was very nice he sort of got up in the air and was able to hang a little bit and then go dunk it um a little hesitation before going there I thought all of the dunk contestants really put on a good show in that first round and then Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon got going in the finals um it was pretty incredible one thing that is kind of hurt the dunk contest is it seems like every dunk now is a 50 and so when you're trying to separate the best dunks it's like well what can you give that's higher than a 50 and the judges really can't do anything it comes down to like one judge has to knock off a point so that a dunk is a 49 and not a 50 so it led to this dunk off after the dunks in regulation I think Aaron Gordon was like well I've dunked four fifties what more do I have to do and I thought the best dunk of the night was a nice uh, he received the ball off the side of the backboard 360 cup dunk that was just that it was incredible it was the best dunk of the night to me Derek Jones Jr. again kept going through his legs in different ways whether he was getting it off somebody who's holding it going off the backboard and then getting it through his legs and things like that and for him to get that much air is just pretty incredible Ultimately, though, the dunk contest was decided by Dwayne Wade. I don't know how the NBA has a judge up there who's clearly not impartial. Dwayne Wade was cheering for his Heat uh, players in all three events, whether it was Bam in the Skills Challenge, Duncan Robinson in the three-point contest, or Airplane Mode in the dunk contest. And ultimately, all of the judges had agreed that they were going to have the final score be a tie so these guys would wouldn't have to keep doing ridiculous dunks and Dwayne Wade uh changed his score that and that split the difference and allowed Derek Jones Jr. to win so Dwayne Wade just never be a judge again I understand it was in Chicago they were doing a lot of things for Dwayne Wade but if you can't be impartial dude just get off the uh get off the judges stand and um it was kind of it, it fi- felt like such an awesome dunk contest. And then to ha- kind of the final dunk, the thing that kind of like gets me worked up too, it's a dunk contest. It really doesn't matter. But uh, Aaron Gordon clearly hadn't planned any more dunks besides the ones that he was going to do for the first two rounds. And the entire stadium after Derek Jones had completed his last dunk, the entire stadium seemed to all turn to Taco Fall. Taco, who was seven and a half feet tall, seven foot five, um, was wearing these great striped pants as well. But he's the tallest guy in the building. Literally everybody in the stadium, you could just feel it was like, oh, Aaron, you could, you need to dunk over Taco. And he did. He was able, Taco had the ball. Aaron Gordon went over Taco Falls and dunked it, and that somehow did not get a 50. I don't know what the judges were thinking. Again, Dwayne Wade, come on, man. You got to be better than that. But uh, it was an awesome dunk contest. Aaron Gordon has pr- participated in two really good dunk contests. I'm not 
Afterward, he said he thought he should have won, should have two trophies at this point, and he has zero, so he does, he's retiring from dunk contests. I don't blame him at all. But it was a really fun Saturday night in the NBA. I thought all the events really did a good job showing these guys off, and we kind of got compelling events in all three, which is not normal, not normally the case. Finally, to get to the big game, um, it was interesting going in with this new format to see how the players were going to respond in the first quarter. It looks like we were kind of getting to get the same all-star game. Despite each quarter being its own thing, there was a lot of alley-oops, a lot of not not a lot of defense, and uh, Team LeBron ended up winning the first quarter 53-41. to I thought it was kind of obvious that the teams had been like, all right, you're going to win one quarter, we'll win the next quarter, and then it's game on after that. Uh, Team Giannis was able to take the second quarter 30 to 51 Trey had an awesome shot to end the third the second quarter where he hit a half court shot and sort of just locked in the big lead that team Giannis had gotten going into the second half but Trey was doing his thing Trey ended the game with 10 points and 10 assists and you could see him he was pressing a little bit on his three pointers but Trey's out there. His game is built for an all-star game. He was doing nutmegs. He was tricky dribbling. A lot of alley-oops. Him and um, Rudy Gobert had a nice little alley-oop connection. And Rudy Gobert ultimately had a really nice game. Rudy had 21 points and 11 rebounds in just over or just under 19 minutes. And uh, there was a case that maybe Rudy should have been in at the end of the game. But again... Team LeBron got the first quarter, and then in the second quarter, Team Giannis went off. I thought it was really pushed by Giannis making it an effort to dunk everything. I think he scored like 16 of the first 18 points for his team in that second quarter. They dominated the second quarter. So each team had gotten a win by that point. And then going into the third quarter, things started to lock down a little bit. Both teams playing, defense picking up a little bit. And this was actually the last time that Trey would see the court. He was on to close the third quarter. And it looks like Team Giannis might run away with it before uh, LeBron's team made a little bit of a push. And actually, in something you don't see in an all-star game at all, there started to be some fouling and uh, like clock management at the end of the quarter because this was $100,000 going to one of these two charities. Um, ultimately team Giannis was able to get the ball down two with about six seconds to go. Trey got the ball. The teams were scrambling a little bit. Trey got the ball at three point line, threw the ball up and Rudy Gobert came out of nowhere and finished the alley-oop to tie it. So all of that hundred thousand dollars just rolled over into the fourth quarter where again, they were going to add up all the scores of the team, add 24 points to the one with the highest score. And that was a the uh, score that the team was going to have to get to win the game. It was exciting at the end of the third quarter. Uh, team Giannis was ahead, and then the score that was found to the, the team was going to have to get to to win was uh, 157. Both teams put in their starters except for the two second-year players. So Trey and Luca did not get to play any of the fourth quarter, but it turned out to be pretty exciting. They stopped doing commercials. They just showed the players, and you could tell it was lock-in time. Giannis had a couple blocks. LeBron had a couple blocks. The defense was played a ton. And I thought this change to the Elam ending 
uh, really was a successful one. What it really brought me back to is kind of like 21 or just these games where you're going to a specific game, a specific point total. And so when it starts getting really close to that point total, fouls come up a lot um, and guys get tense. Uh, When the team LeBron was within a point of winning, they got the ball into James Harden. He was right at the basket. No one was there and he kicks it out to the corner. He just did not want to take the shot. Ultimately, there was a foul, and Anthony Davis hit a free throw to win the game, but it was very, very well done. You could see these guys were exhausted. It went on a little longer than I think the teams were expecting. Team LeBron was smart. They brought some subs in. I don't know what Team Giannis was thinking. They didn't bring any subs in. It would have been nice to see Trey or even Jimmy Butler, Brandon Ingram, or someone. It was a fun way to end the game, and I thought... They did a really nice job implementing this new ending. It was very sketchy to begin with, especially if you're not hearing it described versus watching it play out. But I thought the NBA did an awesome job of uh, making this exciting. You could tell guys wanted to uh, get the win. An extra weird part of it was they had the kids from both charities like in the 100-level row with like shirts showing which charity you're a part of so you can see like where the money's going immediately. So these teams were cheering for their charities to get wins. And so there was a little bit of a, I don't know, it just felt a little weird to have the kids there right away. I mean, it's great for them to get to see the game, but just cheering for like their charity to get the money instead of the other one. But they did a really good job on making this game competitive. I thought it was really fun. I think it really showed where Trey is a natural to be in this all-star environment. And he was just looking for passes. He tried to get a couple of his shots. He, 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 they tried, they got Trey a logo shot. He hit that half court shot, which was fantastic. Um, but it was a wonderful weekend for Trey young. I think a lot of, he didn't win everything. He wasn't the focal point for anything, but Trey was everywhere. And I think you could tell how much other players respect Trey. Um, and just the joy he kind of brings to the game, which is what you're looking for. So ultimately, All-Star Weekend was big success. I think having Trey be a part of it, it's good to see Cam was somewhat involved. But it was just a nice weekend. I'm, I'm sure Clint Capella, this was brought up on Twitter. I need to give somebody a shout out. But I'm sure Clint Capella was looking at this and seeing Trey's lobs to Rudy Gobert and just being like, that's going to be my job when I get back on the court. And I think also being around winners, being around in that environment with a bunch of veterans, I think that it pushes Trey too to want to, you know, he doesn't want to just be an all-star player for a lousy team. Or there, He got a lot of questions over the weekend about you got voted to be an all-star starter, but your team's not performing. What does that mean to you? Or do you want to start winning? And he, he gave all the right answers saying, I want to start winning now. Um, I would... I want winning is the thing that motivates him the most. And if you win, it kind of takes care of everything else, including those questions. But Trey put on a show. I think he wants to show. I know after the three-point competition, he'd like to get invited back and kind of show out better than he performed in his his maiden voyage. But I think for his first All-Star game to have a double-double points and assists in as few minutes as he played, 15 minutes, It was a really nice performance from the second-year guard. 
out of Oklahoma, who now is a starter for your Atlanta Hawks. Really great weekend, and uh, I was pleased with it. The Hawks don't play again until Thursday, um, and we'll get to see if Trey, if everybody's rested. But they're going up against the Heat, so it's not an easy game coming back. Of course, none of these games are easy for the Hawks, and we'll see what happens with the season going forward. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. If you could share this podcast with any Hawks fans, friends you have, that would be a huge help to me. And if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a big help as well. Go Hawks!